there is a bigger spotlight on local food now and different ways to access it. I, I think years ago, it was a, a very small percentage of the population wanted to connect with where their food comes from. I think the last few years, there is a lot more people that realize that there is a very big disconnect. The farmers are seeing that too. It's time for conversations about our food and how it's grown on Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. One of the good things about having a podcast is every once in a while you get to have a conversation with somebody that's listened to the podcast and used some of the ideas that come up in the podcast and and are a story in themselves. And I have one of those opportunities today, and I want to welcome Rochelle Gould. Welcome to the podcast, Rochelle. Thank you very much. I'm excited to uh, to talk with you today. Well, you know what? It's You mentioned that for a few years you've listened to these podcasts, and and there must have been a time or two that you wanted to talk back. <laughs> there was. <laughs> I, I have to say, I um, I actually learned about endive lettuce from from your po- podcast about five years ago. <laughs> and oh man, that's great! That's great. Been going down a rabbit hole with with farms around here. So, well, you know, it's it's funny. Um, I, at first, the idea with a podcast is that you can let people talk back. But what ends up happening is the uh, bots. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to blame it on the Russians or somebody. Okay. <laughs> because uh, at first I thought, well, this is cool because people can communicate with me. And, you know, and it can be kind of almost more like live and interactive. But it turns out you end up getting like thousands and they're all like bots. They're all like crazy stuff um, that and finally you just have to disconnect it. Because there's just too much of that junk coming in. So it's terrible because you cut off communications. And then I found out that I had an email that I was using on my website. There were people that were trying to chase me down, uh, was redirecting them for a while. And anyway, anybody wants to look right now on the website, farmtotabletalk.com, you'll see my personal email address is on the page right now. So if you got ideas or comments or suggestions and observations, you can get to me directly now. But you have, and it's it's great to have you here. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I went to the website, found the email, and, and reached oh, out. Good. Well, I'm yeah. glad I changed it to the one that still works. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always like to position where where we are, where we so where are you? Uh, and then we're gonna talk about what you do where you are, but tell me where you are. I am located in Red Bluff, California, which is about two hours north of Sacramento and about an hour and a half south of the Oregon border. Okay. Okay. And then how about, how far are you from Chico? So we are 30 to 40 minutes from Chico. Okay. So you're up in the, up in the north. Now there was a time where that part of the state had difficulty getting the wideband available to them. I mean, clearly we're on wideband today. We're using Zoom for our conversation. Yeah. But is that um, pretty much fixed? Do all the farmers have pretty good it, access? It, I, I think everybody can get access, but not necessarily um, as fast as you would get in a in a more urban area. Mm-hmm. So I, I know a lot of people were 
we're outside of town. We're surrounded by hills and oak trees. Um, so we have a, a local internet provider we use here that works well for us. Um, but I know a lot of people around us are using Starlink now, which has seemed to be the biggest improvement. Did you ever happen to catch the podcast that I did with a woman that was connecting on Starlink from the Ukraine? No, I did not. No, I had somebody on and she was no kidding operating with the Ukraine with war all around her. Mm-hmm. She was connecting through Starlink. And so we did our podcast through Starlink. And it was how she was getting information. In fact, they were listening to some of our podcasts in, in the Ukraine as well. And I thought, man, what a small world. That's uh, interesting. Elon Musk could park a satellite there. Yeah. <laughs> and they could use it to get their farm to table talk podcast. Or, yeah. <laughs> what they were going to do is they're, they're involved with getting satellites up all over the world to see what production was going on around the world and look at food areas the food production that might have oh different kinds you know droughts certainly but even diseases and other things so if we're in the satellite now looking down at where you are what's the farmland look like around there we in so we're in tehama county and what we have here is um a lot of ranches for cattle um, more on the commercial side and then orchards Lots of almonds, um, prunes, items like that. Surrounding us, we have Shasta and Butte County, and uh, they're more traditional farmlands. And then our our southern county that leads into Butte County, where Chico is, um, they have good water resources. um, Sacramento River runs through it, so you'll find more, more traditional farmlands there, too. There's pretty much everything irrigated around you? Um, Where I'm at, it's not irrigated, but the majority of the county is. Mm -hmm. So So what do you grow? What's what's your connection? So my connection to the farms is I'm more of the middle person. Um, I've always been passionate about food. I've been very involved in our community, kind of behind the scenes. Um, So what I did is I took the model of a CSA which is the community supported agriculture. Mm-hmm. And instead of being the farmer myself, I created a multi-farm CSA. So I work with farms within a hundred miles of us. Um, and in addition to farms, just food producers of any kind. So also oils, nuts, cheese. We have um, a raw milk dairy up here near us. Um, so we have milk and eggs and all that. And then our proteins with the beef, um, lamb, chicken, pork. And what we do is act as a point person to get all these farms into our, uh, the homes around here. So how we describe it is a farmer's market to the door. Well, you you also have some similarities to um, hubs too. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like an outside the box food hub slash CSA. Um, when we started, we had a lot of people not understand our vision, but now that we've been going, it's uh, more people understand what we're doing. So what I understand from your vision so far is that there's all of this food that's being produced from various farms and, and ranches, and you're helping them go direct without yes. having to go through as many stages as, as the middleman. Exactly. So we're giving them a whole nother avenue to get their their food out there. 
I mean, the deck is kind of stacked in favor of people with scale that can be large enough of, of various commodities that they can deal direct something. Yeah. Like but that leads out medium-sized farms and small, small farms because exactly. your ticket to the dance to be one of the preferred products really had has had to be like farmers markets uh, or direct sales online. Yeah, exactly. And it's really hard for new farms that are starting out to generate the sales they need to be able to grow and scale up themselves. So it's really nice because now that our name is out there, we'll have new farms starting up, reach out to us directly. And even if they don't produce enough in volume for what we need, we can combine them with other small farms and then that generates some revenue that they need. Um, I think what makes us work so well with the farms is I don't go in and tell the farms, this is what I'm willing to pay. Like a large scale operation might. Mm -hmm. What I do is I ask them to mark, you know, price their items. And then that's what I go off of. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they're not leaving money on the table. We, we realize the hard work that they put in. We realize that they want to give their employees fair living wages. So we let them price, price what they have. No, and then you're able to support your efforts, and then you get uh, a commission type arrangement of some sort. So, um, what we do is we we purchase the produce, and then we set our prices with our customers, and that's how we make our revenue to uh, be a viable business as well. Well, I think the sweet spot of what you're discussing, you're talking about here, is uh, is again for people that don't have the scale anymore it takes to negotiate to get to to really large. And and if you look at the other thing that's the problem that I keep seeing is when you are trying to be farm or ranch, grass-fed program, and, and so forth, it's difficult to do the marketing. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, the people that want to go knock on doors and develop markets aren't necessarily the people of uh, the same inclination that wanted to farm in the first place or a ranch in the first place. So almost like it takes a, a different inclination to be successful in that end of the business. Yeah. And and I look at it as it saves them time to do what they want to do, which is farm. Um, you know, a, a lot of these families are working out in their fields and doing the physical work that they need to do to grow the product, to offer it to consumers. But then after spending all day out there, then they're coming home and they're doing the business side of it. So mm-hmm. their days are long. Um, so if we can assist them in any way to get their product out to more people and save them some time on the marketing end for them, then I think it's a win-win for everybody. So if you take, uh, I don't know if there's such a thing as a typical participant in it, but they basically are concerned about getting the product through you. Mm -hmm. You're the link rather than trying to link to what? you know, a hundred customers or something. Yeah. That's time consuming in itself for somebody to have to keep the paperwork up and get, you know, from all these different people that might be purchasing from them. Exactly. Um, you know, we, we've learned quite a bit over the last five years of what works and what doesn't work. Um, I think that's what's made us successful is we've really listened to all the feedback we get from customers. Uh, in the beginning, I wasn't looking at doing a Delivery option, that's just how we had to set it up in the beginning until I was able to find a place for pickup 
like a traditional CSA does, but the feedback we got was that's what our customers wanted. So that's been our platform since then was we deliver straight to our customers. Not every customer can get to the farmer's market every weekend. And this is an option for the farmer's market to come to them. I was just talking to somebody at at a farmer's market near me. And they were getting up at two o'clock in the morning before the market because they had like a three hour drive. Mm -hmm. And um, by the time they got everything organized and they were bringing, I don't know, I think they were sourcing from a couple coolers, but it was the same, the the same farming operation, but they had to get up at two o'clock. They weren't pulling out of the driveway at two o'clock in the morning, but they get get organized and then drive around and man, that's a lot. That yeah. was, that's a um, consequently for the most part, the farmers are starting to not do it themselves. They're having to hire people and you know jobs for people, but it's uh, uh, that's a big headache. So, how do you ever start something like this? I mean, how do you figure out what you've got to work with to be able to start uh, testing the concept? And um, what I did is I knew what my strengths were and I knew what my weaknesses were, and I had this vision of this business for a long time in my head. So I went to people that I knew were more experts in uh, the economics of our community and who had more more connections with the economics of ag in our community. So I went to them and it just turned out there was a study that showed that this platform was supported. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started reaching out to a couple farms here and there. And in the beginning, I just had this very small idea for our town itself. Um, but there was so much feedback from outside of our town that just over the first few years, we just spread further and further out. So now not only are we doing Tehama County, but we're also doing Shasta County. We are doing Butte County where Chico's at. Um, Glen County is just south of us. So we go there as well. And then we now have the Bay Area open. So wow. This is what people want. People want local food, but they, like I said, they can't always get to farmer's market and they're not sure how to access it outside of farmer's markets. So when you start this up, though, you start with farmers that are willing to commit and supply a certain amount of whatever it is that they've got. Produce, talk about it, even includes includes proteins, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have just a little bit of everything. We're really lucky where we live that there is so much offered here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we thought living in a very cattle dense area, being able to source beef would be really easy. And I married into a um, a ranching family, and what we discovered is it wasn't. That was one of the hardest things we were able to find because of needing a USDA certified butcher. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's an effort in itself. Fortunately, there's progress taking place there, too. Yeah. So what we did is we started producing our own beef. We connected with Chico State. We connected with another butcher near us. And we listened to their advice. And we started producing our own beef out of necessity. Now, there are quite a few different places that we can go to. So we've kind of scaled back on that and uh and looking to support more other others that are trying to get into the beef business. So 
what happens as far as knowing what you've got to work with? Like, are you hearing back from from all of the farmers and ranchers that you tie into and tell them and they tell you what's available or do you tell them what you see the demand for? Um, with established farms, they pretty much have it down what they know they're really good at. So we go by their list, um, you know, before our season starts, they'll tell us what they plan on growing. I, I just was texting with a, a farm right before I got on this call with you. And he was telling me how he's getting his list together for what he expects in September. And then with the new farms, they've been contacting me and asking me what I see a need for. Uh, so right. about a year ago, I, I talked with a farm that was mentoring under a farm down the road from us. And I told him mushrooms would be great. And here we are a year later and we're getting oyster mushrooms from him. And they're beautiful and delicious and I don't know anybody near us that's doing that. So do you have a list right now of what next week's going to look like? Um, I am working on my next week list. So far, I have Asian pears, um, figs, and we'll do some carrots and romaine and might do some poblano peppers. Um, over the next probably two or three weeks, I'm probably going to lean in heavy into summer produce just because summer's coming to an end. and. I want to get as much of that to our customers to enjoy before it's gone. Let's say next week again. Uh, how many places, how many farms or ranches will will you be sourcing from next week? Next week, I think we'll end up with four. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, this week it was two. We have to think of logistics, too, of we pick up from the farms. Mm hmm so we have to think of logistics of how long it takes to get everywhere and be able to have time to put our boxes together and not have it turn into a 10 hour day. Um, <clears throat> so sometimes we'll do two farms in the winter time. There's less farms. A lot of farms are seasonal. So there's less farms we're able to work with. Um, so in the winter time, we might go to six different farms to get one or two items from each farm. Mm -hmm. Um, but what they do is in addition to letting me know what they see coming up every week, they'll send me a text or an email or call me and say, I'll have this next week. So now do you, do you repack them then? Do you, do you mingle them with other, with other produce? Yeah. So what they do is they send it to us in bulk, um, for the most part, microgreens items like that. Those are put together for us, packaged for us. Um, and then what we do is we have the wax produce boxes and one to be environmentally friendly and two to keep our costs down. We put everything in there loose that we can. And then it just all goes together. If we have a customer that has an allergy, we'll separate their box from the other ones and make sure what whichever item they have an allergy to does not get put in their box and we'll swap it out with something else. So how many consumers will you will you be reaching? Um, it, it ranges because we have subscriptions and we have where they can just buy boxes needed. Mm -hmm. So some weeks we might have 70. Um, there was a time when we had 150 during a week. So it just, mm -hmm. it, it, it all, you know, everybody <laughs> and it's seasonal too. So right now our customers that love summer produce, they're starting to drop off, but what we're starting to pick up is our customers that love fall and winter because there are quite a few people that 
don't enjoy both. What's the biggest challenge that you that you face in getting this model up and running? Um, the first couple of years, it was a model like ours hasn't hasn't been seen in this area. Um, so we had to finance everything ourselves, mm-hmm. and then once we w- proved that it was viable, then we were able to work with businesses like California Farm Link, which are great for helping out farms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and just the marketing and explaining to people how we work, what the benefits are and trying to get our name out there. So now, now it's a lot of word of mouth, which is really great. So is there but, any, uh, are you able to use like EBT cards or we're not, we attempted to, um, but again, we ran into the, well, you're not a brick and mortar store. And you're not at farmers markets. So they said, here's a big list. And if you can complete this list and get these permits, then we might be able to do something. Unfortunately, some of the permits they wanted us to get don't exist in our county. So, yeah. But I wonder. And then there's uh, the other thing is, as you've heard me talk about before, there are some of the food is medicine and some counties like Marin County are doing a great job of trying to reimburse some of the costs for people that are getting produce direct. Seemed like that would be a potential for. for I, I've actually, I, I listened to a webinar about four years ago about how they did the fruit and vegetable prescription programs mm-hmm. and they did trial programs in Philadelphia and San Francisco and I think three other cities mm-hmm. and the results were amazing. Yeah. I mean, not just health wise, but financially with the hospitals and the, the towns. Um, unfortunately that hasn't been an option in our County yet. I've kind of pushed it right before COVID we worked with, um, and the Shasta County health had a received a grant for a diabetes program. Mm-hmm. So one day a week, um, when the doctors only worked with diabetes patients and they had a nutritionist come in and we would supply a box to each of the patients for that day. So mm-hmm. the nutritionists would tell them about different ways to prepare the vegetables and the benefits of it. The doctor would go for with it and we were able to supply the, uh, the produce for that program, which I thought was amazing. Do you get any feedback from customers? A lot of our customers come to us because they feel more safe eating from local farms. Mm-hmm. They have more trust in them than they do with what's in the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Um, our marketing also is a lot of education on why it's so important to, to support local farms. You know, the, the nutritional aspect of what they're producing, the economic aspect of what they're giving to our, our communities, um, the environmental aspect. So that's why a lot of people contact us is because they want to eat more local than they do from a grocery store. Forever when people said, well, what do people want when they shop? And, you know, it's never a big surprise. They want it to be taste good. So delicious is always up there towards the top of the list, followed fairly fast by cost. And I think that one of the biggest differences, though, is that People seem to have willing to spend a little bit more if they can be sure it's local. Most of these surveys are showing that local is getting more and more popular every year. It is. And I find it to be kind of a a myth that local is a lot more expensive. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it might be compared to a, a Walmart grocery store, mm-hmm. but it's a better quality and right. it, it's really not that much more expensive. Well, and, it's got fewer hands in the middle. Yeah. And the, the other plus side pay. is, yeah, the other plus side is there's more variety that you can get from local farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, grocery stores kind of have their their stock items and not much beyond that. You know what you're going to see at a grocery store. Whereas if you're like with our boxes, um, we have kohlrabi every year. And most people are not familiar with that till they receive one of our boxes. We give our customers recipes. We, you know, inform them on how to utilize items they may have never seen before. So we, uh, we try to help them as much as we can, but a lot of our customers, that's kind of a highlight for them is trying these new things. So the thing is that if farmers are producing this product that's available locally, consumers like the idea that they could get local. They like the varieties. And like you said, it's really not that much of a difference in costs. So that might not be a big issue. Then what that seems to leave me with is that there's people don't know how to cook. Uh, you know, I mean, when you start giving a box full of vegetables or produce or even frozen grass-fed beef roast and, and things like yeah. that, it seems like people have gotten out of the habit. So I'm, I'm wondering whether you notice that. I have noticed that. Um, as I just mentioned, we, we give recipes to our customers. They, I've also told them, you know, you can text me at any time and I'll, I'll help you, you know, figure out a few things. But I think a lot of our customers are like me, a a mom that works, husband works, kids have extracurricular activities after school. So you want to eat something good, but you don't want to invest all your time in it. So we always share something that is very easy very delicious and usually the whole family will love it so um, fewer ingredients means less money going into what you're cooking for dinner as well so we've kind of really tried to educate our customers that you don't need a whole lot of ingredients when you have good quality ingredients you know my daughters they definitely know the difference between store-bought carrots and local farm carrots now so yeah, yeah. They will eat carrots all day long, but the minute well, you give them one from the store, they're turning all the way back to the farms. What seems to be on the mind or of either concern or optimism expressed from the farmers you come into contact with? Um, optimism would be there is a bigger spotlight on local food now and different ways to access it. Um I, I think Years ago, it was a a very small percentage of the population wanted to connect with where their food comes from. I think the last few years, there is a lot more people that realize that there is a very big disconnect. And and the farmers are seeing that too. The farmers are seeing that too. But I'm also hearing the attendance at farmers markets is kind of dropping off a little bit. So... Mm -hmm. I think we just need to come up with more ways to be able for consumers to access it very easily. Um, people are in their routines and they want that easy access to, to things. If 
people want to understand more about your program, either to participate in it, how do they get a get a hold of you if they're if they're a, a or if there are farmers that are trying to figure out whether something like this is something they should get into, yeah, how do they so, contact you with you and hear more about what you're doing? So for consumers who want to learn more about accessing local foods, that website is field2forkca.com. And then we are starting to do more mentoring and consulting. So more people, because this is a this is a business model that could be used anywhere in the world. Um, if they're interested in learning more about starting a, a multi-farm CSA in their area, then we have field2forkconsulting.com. Well, I, I like what you're doing, and and I'm sure that people are appreciative of whether the farmers or the consumers in the area. Yeah. I, I'm appreciative. You chased me down. That, that, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> nice, nice talking to you. One final question, just for you personally, what gives you the most optimism about the next four or five years of, of doing the kinds of things that you're doing? That I am still seeing and being reached out by brand new people every single day. So it's we, we've had some of the same customers for five years, but we, we're still continuing to see new people come on board. And not just because we're growing in areas in the same areas that we've been in for a long time. There's just... Um, there's a new excitement and new buzz going on for, for being able to access local foods. And I think that's going to continue to grow throughout the years. I mean, that, that's what the studies are showing, but that's what I am seeing in my area too. So, Well, I think you're right. And I certainly hope that we're helping a little bit. There'll be some people reminded of this that are listening to us. So Rochelle Gould, thanks for being on Farm to Table Talk. Thank oh. you so much. You've been listening to Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. 